This podcast contains material of an adult nature. It's not safe for work or appropriate for children under the age of 18. If you're offended by mature content, please stop listening now. The stories included in this podcast are not checked for factual content and are for entertainment purposes only. No real names are used. It's secondhand story time. Hi, I'm Will, and you're listening to Secondhand Storytime, the show where we tell stories we heard from someone else. Right now, you're listening to episode number 22, and I'm happy to have on this show my brother, Logan. He tells a story about a poor girl who started dog-sitting, and things just went from bad to worse. Please enjoy. All right, so today on the show, I'm happy to have my brother, Logan. He's joining us. Say hello, Logan. Hello. Uh, Hi, and I guess you have a story today that is secondhand? Yeah. It is. I heard it from a person who it didn't happen to, so it's actually third-hand. Okay. Well, uh, whenever you're ready, go ahead and get started. Okay, well, this takes place in New York City sometime within the last couple of years. And like I said, I got the story from an individual who got the story from the person that happened to. I don't know any names, so this is a college student. Mm, let's say she's 21 years old. Let's call her Amy for the sake of not knowing her name. Okay. So anyway, Amy is a, let's say, an art student at Columbia. I do know she's a student at Columbia, and it seems like it was art, something along those lines. And okay. I'm, I'm assuming she was from Kentucky, based on, you know, she's part of the circle of friends, one of whom I heard this story from in the first place, that are from Kentucky. Okay, I guess we can say that we are actually both from Kentucky. Right. So, that that explains that. And so anyway... You have a, a Louisville girl at Columbia, okay, and she's made friends with a couple of professors there who, who live in the Columbia area, and so they go out of town once in a while, and she's gotten on good enough terms with them where she house sits when they're not around and watches their elderly Labrador for them, big friendly <laughs> dog. Okay. Maybe not in the best of health, though. Right, so, so day, kind of in the uh, the twilight years. Right, exactly, in the autumn years. Yes. So uh, so they go out of town for a couple of weeks. I think they're on vacation or a professional conference or one of these things that professors go out of town for. And so she's staying over at the house. And the reason I said she's an art student is because she spends a lot of time and kind of a lot of odd hours at school. And so she's out of the house a lot of the time, kind of comes home to tend to the dog and to eat and to rest and things like that. Right. So anyway, she comes home late one day, and unfortunately the dog is dead. Oh, no. One of those things that happens. And, you know, it wasn't a huge shock because the dog was kind of sickly to begin with. And so it wasn't a surprise. But still, it's kind of demoralizing when you're house-sitting for somebody and their dog is dead and you get home. Right. And because then you got to tell them. And even if they don't blame you, it'll still be awkward because it it happened on your watch. Right. Exactly. So she's obviously a little torn up about this. Right. And, uh... So she figures best just to give him a call, you know, let him know what happened. And like I said, it wasn't a surprise, really. So, you know, they were fine with it. And right. Of course, they didn't blame her. Nothing she could have done. Well, that's good. I guess it, it had to happen sometime, and if they're gone a lot. Right. It's nice that they were understanding. Right. And, of course, the problem she has now is she's in New York City without a vehicle and has, like, a 80-pound <laughs> oh, dead dog. Oh, no. And so this just, I mean, here, here's the real problem. 
And so she goes ahead and asks the, the owners of the house and of the dog what uh, what to do. And right. they say, well, if you can get it to our vet's office, they can uh, dispose of the body somehow. I don't know if they cremated it or something like that. But anyway, she has to get it to the, to the vet. Okay. And she says, okay, I can do that. And so she's thinking she can't really take a taxi because the vet's pretty far away and it would be expensive. Right, especially um, college student might not have a lot of extra money. Right, exactly. College student living in New York City. Right, high, high cost of living there. <laughs> right. And so she thinks about the buses, but um, for some reason, I guess the timing doesn't work out. So she okay. settles on subway. <laughs> uh, and then there's the, the transport issue. So she finds the biggest duffel bag she can. Okay. And puts the, the dog in there. And figures, you know, that's as discreet as you can possibly be with an 80-pound dog. Right. She's not just carrying it on the train in her arms or anything. Right. It's not just slung over the shoulder. And uh, so, so as not to arouse suspicion, has the thing in the duffel bag. And so she gets on the train and uh, gets close to the destination. And I guess it's the point where she's at the station and is about to leave, uh, you know, go out the turnstile and up the stairs onto the street. And then she can walk the rest of the way. Right. But you know how long those staircases are going out of the subway stations. Yeah, they can be several several flights. Right. And so she's on one of those, and she's obviously struggling. Okay. Because, um, I mean, you know, she's a, a college girl. She's not huge and beefy. Um, right. So, you know, she's carrying a dog that probably weighs two-thirds of what she does. And, you know, it can be problematic. Yeah, oh, of course. So anyway, people are rushing past her on both sides trying to get to where they're going. And so there's a good Samaritan in here. He stops. He's like a, a nice enough guy, probably around 30 years old, you know, smiling, real friendly. And he says, hey, can I help you with this? And she said, yeah, you know, that'd be great. And uh, so he takes the duffel bag and they hike up to the top of the stairs. And she says, well, thanks. I really appreciate it. And he says, well, so what's in this bag anyway? <laughs> and And here's the point where I'd like to digress just a little bit and point out that if she had been a, a native New Yorker, she might have realized that if she had just said, oh, it's a dead dog in the bag, that might not have been the weirdest thing that guy had seen that day. Right. There's, there's a lot of stuff that happens in, the, in that city. Right. And so, you know, she might have got a funny look from him. But, I mean, think of if you did this in, in the little town in Kentucky where we grew up. You know, take the same situation. If somebody said, so what's in that bag? And you said, oh, it's a dead dog in the bag. You know, that would make the rounds fairly quickly in the community. Yeah, and, <laughs> people would definitely know. Right, this wouldn't be a good thing. But in New York, there's, what, like 8 million people that live on the island. Right, it's pretty pretty anonymous. Right, exactly. Very very unlikely he knows anyone you would know. And plus, I mean, there's kind of a bell curve of normal behavior. And the more people you have in an area, the weirder and weirder it can get before it becomes unacceptably strange. And I think... Carrying the dead dog of the vet is still within fairly normal for a city that size. Right. So anyway, probably best course of action at this point would have just been to say, oh, it's it's a dead dog that I was house-sitting for and have to take it to the vet. And then he might have given her a strange look and walked away. But instead, she's from, you know, a rural area and kind of panics and says, um, it's, it's a bunch of old computer parts. Okay. I don't know why she picked that, but first thing she could think of. Right. And so the guy says, oh, kind of stands there a second. And then he punches her in the face. 
Oh, no. Knocks her down, grabs the bag, I think, uh, like, kicks her while she's down, oh, and then makes no. a break for it with the bag, thinking he's made off with a, a sack full of computer parts that he can scrap. Right. And so then, of course, you know, she's even more traumatized at having been assaulted. Yeah, that's awful. Ex- yeah, it's terrible. But then she has to explain, of course, to the owners <laughs> oh, that no. not only did the dog die on her watch, but <laughs> she was mugged for the dog's remains getting off the subway. And that's that's pretty much as far as it went. I gather that later on they could kind of all have a good laugh about thinking what the mugger thought when he actually opened up his, <laughs> his treasure and he made it back to his hideout. Yeah, I bet but, he uh, was really surprised. Yeah. So maybe he'll he'll think twice about that. But, uh, yeah, I think probably the moral of the story is that, you know, if you're in New York in this situation, assume that that's not the weirdest thing that guy has heard that week <laughs> and just go with it. That's probably uh, probably a good assumption. Yeah. But no, that's, so that's an about it. excellent story. Uh, mm-hmm. so, sorry for the dog and all, but and for the girl, because that's, I mean, nobody wants to get punched in the face and knocked down and uh, have their stuff stolen, but it does make quite a good story. Right, and there's probably some some justice in it because, you know, the guy had to then deal with this dead dog. So it's better than if she was actually carrying something valuable and got mugged for it, I think. Yeah, I think so. And uh, it was on its way to disposal anyway. Right. I guess either either cremated at a vet or throwing a dumpster by this guy once he figured out what was going on. <laughs> um, you know, yep. s- same ends. <laughs> anyway, thanks for sharing that. That was an excellent story. Oh, not a problem. I'll be sure and spread it around. All right, sounds good. Listener feedback now. This week, Chris logged onto the blog to leave a comment about last week's story. He says... The stunt guy reminded me of Grindhouse. Some people really are made of more badass stuff than the rest of us. And that does it for episode number 22 of Secondhand Storytime. Big thanks to Logan for coming on and sharing that story. If you'd like to be like Chris and leave a comment on the blog, you can head on over to secondhandstorytime.com. While you're there, you can subscribe to the show, either through RSS or through iTunes, or find links to our Musician Gummery, our newly formed Facebook group, or our license, which is the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial 3.0 Unported License. If you want to get in touch with me directly, write to will at secondhandstorytime.com. Feel free to contact me if you have a story that you think might be good for the show. Thanks for listening, and we'll have another one next Thursday.